What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Nathan, uh, you know what happened last night? Uh, it got really cold. Yeah, it froze, and it snowed in the mountains. Winter is approaching. Even though it's still fall, it's really feeling like winter up here in the Rockies. Yep, so on this podcast, we thought it'd be interesting uh, to compile a list of the best winter cars for Colorado. That's right, and all of the vehicles on this list we've had some experience with, one of us or both of us. And this is by manufacturer, and we're not talking about your average crossover here. We're talking about cars that can get you through a typical Colorado snowstorm to your cabin and back. So these are, I would dare I say, some of the best off-road slash snow mode cars that each manufacturer makes, and we're going to do them alphabetically. To the best of our ability, and yes, of course, we're going to, you know, some manufacturers make several really good snow cars, but we're only going to cover one at a time or else we'll be here for four hours. Yeah, and I, you've put this list together. I'm looking at the list. I've got some uh, disagreements with you, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. That's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of it. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about um, kind of uh, an interesting time I had this week. Or should I say last week? As you know, we recently bought the Hummer EV, mm -hmm. which is the most expensive uh, truck you can buy, I believe. Pretty much. I mean, I did for a pickup. Yeah. And the way that we do this, of course, is we were able to do it because we traded in the Lightning on it. Uh, and the reason we do that is because, you know, we can only make so many videos before you guys get bored of them. That's right. So we trade one for the other. And we just have been doing that, well, for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, with the way the economic winds are blowing right now, uh, I thought it would be fun to do a video series on not the most expensive truck, but guess what? The least expensive? Exactly. Ah, okay. The least expensive truck. So uh, I set out on the journey, this is becoming quite the journey, mm -hmm. of a million miles to find the least expensive new truck in America and buy it uh, and then do a, a series around it, um, basically profiling something that people can afford versus something that is unobtainium. Okay, now first of all, and there's a caveat to that. When you say truck, do you mean truck truck or do you mean midsize? You mean full size? I mean full size, four wheel drive, because look, there we go. initially, we're going to get a rear wheel drive, 
And then I had the epiphany that we'll never sell a rear-wheel drive truck in Colorado. No. For the same reason we're doing this list. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so what, what brand do you think has the cheapest truck? If you were to look full-size truck, right? So we're talking, you know, uh, Nissan, Ford, yeah. uh, Chevy, uh, Ram, hint, hint. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say it's either Ford or Ram. Okay, it's Ram. Okay. Because as you know, uh, Ram does a truck called the Classic yeah, that's why I was thinking. So the classic standard cab, four-wheel drive. So you know what the classic is? Yeah, okay. So the classic is the previous version of the Ram that's currently being built because it's so damn popular. They figured, let's just keep building them. It's really cheap for them to build these vehicles. Yeah, they paid for, exactly it's right. Everything, all the tooling's been paid for, yeah. all the stampings and everything else. So they keep cranking them out. And then they, at the same time, the new version of the Ram, which came out a couple of years ago, is also being built. So but at the same time. It's pretty funny. So usually what they do is they build the previous version for like a year. Yeah. And then they switch to the next generation. Exactly. But Ram has kept building the previous version. kept on going. <laughs> because it's just like, well, it's stupid not to make money. You guys keep buying them. They'll keep building them. So I'm guessing it's the four-wheel drive. Uh, is it the Pentastar or is it with the Hemi? Pentastar is much cheaper. Hemi is like a $2,000 option. Yeah, so it's the Pentastar V6. Yes. So that's 300 horsepower or so, give or take. Give two, or take, two, yeah, two, yeah, a little bit less, okay. yeah. Yeah, and so it's the eight-speed automatic, I'm guessing. So so let me go through this because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone through this. So the cheapest truck you can buy in America uh-huh. would be a, a, a two-door, short, yeah. you know, stubby uh, cab, long bed. Eight foot bed, right? Okay, so that's a rear wheel drive. Truck. Yeah, with the V six, yes. with no options. Yeah, that's like uh, I think if you spec those things out, they're like in the thirties, low thirties, right? Like thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, I go on Auto Trader, and you can you can do a search for you know between fifty miles. I do any, mm-hmm. and because I'm gonna we're gonna go anywhere in the country to buy it, and then we're either gonna go drive it back or we're gonna ship it back. Doesn't matter, right? But we want the cheapest truck, so I want right. the cheapest truck. So you go into Auto Trader. You put the specs in, you say Ram 1500 Classic, which is the cheapest truck because Ford doesn't match the pricing, neither does even Nissan. Maybe, I might, there might be some like at some special, anyway, but you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It's, the, it's like starting MSRP is the cheapest. Right. Uh, and then you do sort by relevance, and then my relevance was cheapest to most expensive. And you end up getting these these basically eight foot cab, uh, short, eight foot bed, short cab trucks, you know, that are like $28,000. Yeah. Year, right. And so I'm like, great. There's one in first one. I think, I think it was in Arkansas. Okay. So I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. It's on, it's on, I call the dealership. Right. And I'm like, Hey, and they're all white. There's just three colors that come in. Yeah. There's yeah. other colors you can white, have black and maybe silver, silver. Okay. Yeah. Those are the only, most of them are white. Some are black. Yeah. A lot of them are silver. You can get other colors at no cost, but nobody specs them that way. Cause basically people buy them as like runarounds for, let's say your parts store. Well, work trucks in general. Yeah, they're work trucks. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I find one without any options on it, which is what we're looking for. And they're advertising it for something like $28,000. Far out. Okay. Yeah, which is really good. That's excellent. Yeah, for a new truck, right? So I call them up, and I'm like a little worried because I don't believe this. You know how dealers play their shenanigans. The, the bait and switch. Yeah, and so so what I do is like I call them up, and I say, hey, I'm interested in this truck. Would you please send me the Monroney or the sticker for it? Because once there's a Monroney, you know it's real. Because yeah. then you got a VIN. And exactly, then the, and, the, the, and you the, can trace it. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the guy on the phone goes, hold on. He goes, do you have a stock number in, on Auto Trader? There's a stock number. And I give him the stock number, and I say, this is the cheapest truck in America. We want to buy it. This was when I was still looking for rear-wheel drive trucks, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, that's a mistake. I'm like, what do you mean? A uh, mistake. Yeah, he goes, oh, it's a mistake. That's a fleet number. We don't sell them like that. That shouldn't be on the website. 
Uh-huh. But if you're interested, I've got this truck that's five thousand dollars more. So what what would that feel like to you, Nathan? I feel like I was kicked in the nether regions. I feel like bait and switched. Yeah, it's that <laughs> too. Which is, by the way, completely illegal. It, see, here's the thing. I actually went through this recently, Roman. Yeah. Buying my own personal vehicle without any help from any manufacturer or any of that other stuff, just me trying to do it. And I can't tell you how many times people were pulling that on me. I was looking at the Ford Maverick. I was looking at the Nissan Frontier. And I was looking at the Honda or the Hyundai. Just a variety of different ones. And I would get these ads which would say, you know, sold at MSRP. And I'd call them, and it was either sold, even though the, thing, the, the advertising had still been going on, or it was never here. That's what I was getting. Yeah, so, so it, it's a great point. You just said, you just made my second. So I go and look at the list on Auto Trader, take yeah. the next one, right? The next one. It's like a thousand bucks more. Okay. And this was a dealership, I believe, someplace, once again, it was someplace on the East, East Coast, you know, maybe it was like Tennessee or something. So I call them up, right? And I'm like, hey, I'm interested uh, in your truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this woman answers the phone. She says, okay. And I go, do you have the Monroni, the sticker? She goes, hold on, let me get it for you. I go, great. Um, but it's going to take me a second. And by the way, what is up with dealers who don't know what vehicles are on the lot? Have you noticed? There's like right now we're in this in this kind of weird period where they don't have any vehicles to they begin don't with. Know, they don't like. Don't you guys have inventory control? You should have a list in front of you on a clipboard <laughs> at the very least saying I, what you've got. They, none of them know what's on the lot. If mm-hmm. I were a salesman, I'd be like the first thing I would do is I would walk the lot. So when a customer calls, I would know. Oh, that truck is sitting right there. Mm-hmm. It has this, this, and this. None of them have a clue. They're always like, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's the SKU number? Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know if that truck's on the lot. Anyway, so she's like, let me call you back. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. if it's on the lot. Okay, fine. Ten minutes she calls me back. What do you think she says? Uh, it's not here. We sold it an hour ago. Ah. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. wink but wink. if you want, we've got this truck for 35 Mm-hmm. Once again. Yeah. It's a, and you know what else they do, Roman? Markups. Not, not just the ones we've talked about in the past, but special ones like, well, there's a special thing where you can get, just like they would say, like a special paint or a special type of service or something like that. I got that too. So when you say you're selling a vehicle, let's say for 32, which is one of the ones I looked at in LA, no, 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 no. There's an additional $1,500 markup, and this is for a special protection plan, even though this vehicle already has a 10-year warranty. That happens too. And I got that recently, and I got ticked. So one more thing, I'll tell one you. More, keep one more, one more. I'll do one more. There's more of this. I mean, but I don't want to bore you guys. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Well, obviously these trucks don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. The discounts. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They're just using. They're just using trucks that are non-existent to lure you. To lure in. me in. So uh, I find one in Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, that is a Warlock. So the Warlock is basically. Uh, much it's a more expensive trucks, but I found a Warlock for thirty five thousand. So Warlock is a classic with the Rebel nose on it. So it, it's cool and it's got a little bit of a lift. Uh, so it's like a and four wheel drive and four wheel drive. Yeah, it's like a discounted Rebel. You can get them in two wheel drive too, but this mm. this one. So I find one. I think it was uh, thirty six thousand nine hundred in Nebraska. Okay, which is more than you know. I, I, my goal was to spend like thirty k for. Yeah. But, but it's not going to happen. Those trucks, even though they're advertised, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I didn't look at the ad too closely. I call up the dealership, and then I start looking at the ad. And the reason it's so cheap is because new, right? And then I look at the mileage. Guess how much mileage it had? 
4,900 oh. miles. So it had 4,900 miles. So it sounds like a lease return. Or it was something. a demo. It was a de- oh a demo. Oh. It, it, it was a demo that they had on on site. They were selling for I think 36,900. So I call them up. I'm like, okay, well obviously I'm you know it's not a new truck, but I call the the, the, the salesman. He's like, yeah, you know as long as it's under five thousand dollars, it's never been titled. We can sell it new. And I'm like, okay. So basically now I'm looking, and it's a 2021. It's not even 2022. So then I go on like Craigslist and I kind of look to see what these trucks are selling for. And I'm like, you know what? This is like a $35,000 truck. And, and he's like, well, we've already discounted it seven. I'm like, no, you're selling a used truck and calling it new. So mm-hmm. now we have a difference of opinion. Ah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's a 2021 with almost 5,000 miles. And we're that's, almost at 2023 at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's, that's a used truck in my yeah. mind. And, and it also had a other partic- peculiar thing. Uh, it had uh, a brake controller, which is great because Andre wants to tow with it. Yes. But no hitch. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's bizarre. I, okay. some, I think Andre called it. I think they took the hitch off because of a demo and they didn't want people towing with it. So uh, it must okay. have come with a hitch, but they probably they took, removed it. They removed it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'll pay you I'll pay you 35 for it. And, mm-hmm. and here's another thing I don't understand in dealerships. So the salesperson's like, okay, I have to run it by my boss. Oh, that, I love it when they do that. I'm like, why don't you, guys, at the deal, why don't you empower your employees, I know the answer to this, mm-hmm. to actually make the job easier for customers and actually, you know, no. You could say no, and I'd be like, I understand that. This this, this whole, like, it's, it's like Let a pantomime, right? Let yeah. me talk to my boss. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm like, well, imagine if you, like, went to a restaurant and you're like, hey, can you cook, can you, you know, go to McDonald's? Can you give me a number? F- oh, no, I have to talk to my boss. I don't know if we could do a number nine. We could maybe do a number seven, but not a number nine without talking to my boss. It's yeah. just all horse. Pucky. Pucky, yeah. Yeah. So he's, and then, like, Okay, so let's say you really have to talk to his boss. You poke his head. And, hey, I've got a guy who wants to buy that demo truck. He's offering us like 35. We're asking 30. Seven hours later, I get a text back, and he says, we'll take a pass. So right away, I text him, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll do 36. So now I'm asking for like a $900 discount on this used vehicle. Uh-huh. And he says, thanks. Uh, it's like, it's a night. I'll get back to you tomorrow morning. I talk to my boss. And then he ghosts me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, I got ghosted by a salesperson at a dealership in Nebraska, dude. All right. Wow. So, so the next day when he didn't get back to me, I text him back. and I'm like, hey, just want to let you know at this point, I, I'm with TFL Truck. You know, we've got one of the more popular, if not the most popular truck review channel. Ah, you used us. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Know, you know, I just want to be up front with you because, you know, we, we, we could do this one of two ways. <laughs> yeah. The hard way of the, yeah. Now it's becoming a story. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and so finally he gets back to me, and he says, uh, "No, no, thanks." Okay, but, but it's I'm, I'm, couldn't I, he have done that like without ghosting you? Yeah, couldn't like the next day. Couldn't he have gone back That's to for me? crying out loud? So, so the search continues, uh, you know, for the cheapest truck in uh, in the full land, full size truck, full size truck, four wheel drive. So now I'm looking for a unique uh, uh, vehicle, which doesn't exist, but it may still be out there. So what I want is I want the uh, Short cab, short bed, yeah. which Ram has announced that they stopped building at the end of 2022. But they were building them this year, so they should still be out there. So I'm looking Are for... Are you talking about the classic? Classic, short cab, yeah. short bed, right? Four-wheel it's got drive. Two, two-door, yeah. regular bed, four-wheel drive. I think that would be awesome. Not only that, but that's a great off-roader right off the bat. It's a great off-roader. So short what, wheelbase. So what I can think, we can use it as a work truck. 
Um, by the way, these trucks don't tow a lot. They tow basically, you know, like 5,000 pounds. 5,000 pounds, pounds, yeah. yeah. And, and with the short bed, there, there may be some caveats to that, too. Well, it's like a work An- truck. Andre will know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking for that truck because Ramon has announced that they're stopping them. The long bed trucks are good, but they're they're not good. But then we figure we can lift it and we could do some fun stuff with oh, it yeah. in Colorado. Right? Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a really good off-roader. And, and we know, can sell that eventually. Yes, exactly. And and there's another thing to be said. I know the Pentastar is an old engine, mm-hmm. but it is a reliable one. They're actually pretty strong. As a matter of fact, this list that we're going to go on to does have one of the vehicles uh, has a Pentastar engine in it. So, And before we get to the list, you wanted to thank somebody. Yes, that's right. I wanted to thank you guys. Patreons out there, thank you so much for supporting us. Without your support, we would not be doing this. So thank you very much. Right? Yeah. 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 You guys are great. We just Can got I... a couple of Patreons this weekend. Thank you. I think one of them was Dan, if I remember right. Um, and I wanted to add something to yeah. that, which is if you are able to watch this, I am wearing a fashion accessory. You are. Yes. I don't know if you could see this, but this is our upcoming event. This is D2D. Essentially, it's Disney to Disney, but we're not using Disney because they're not sponsoring us. Uh, so what we're going to be doing... Well, they're doing. They're not just sponsoring us. They wouldn't even let us go in the park. Well, they won't let anybody go in the park. I mean, I'm... I'm I, that's, Look, that's, this was your idea. <laughs> well, the point is, is that we're going to go from Anaheim, California, where Disneyland happens to be, all the way to Orlando, Florida, where, well, Disney World happens to be. So that's why it's a D to D. We wanted to set a cannonball record that was family friendly. That's so right. Look, 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 we're not out there endangering pedestrians. No, no, no. We're not going to go over the speed and limit. And so we thought the way to do this would be to do it in an electric vehicle. So uh, Hyundai was kind enough to give us an Ionic 5. Which is a great car for cross country because it has great range and good comfort. And we want to set the record from going, our own record, from mm-hmm. going from Anaheim D to Orlando D nonstop except for charging. Except right? for so charging. We're not, we're not like sleeping in hotels. We're going to do it one long you know what, trip? Yeah, that means that Roman and I are going to be staying in the same car for 48 hours or yeah, so. About, yeah, 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 give or take. So and, it's going to be a long trip. And then we're going to be taking, uh, hopefully, you guys along with us. So over at TFL EV or all TFL.com, it's easier. Uh, we're going to be giving away goodie boxes every time Which we stop and charge. Which includes the shirt, among we'll be, other things. Sure, yeah, the shirt. Electrify America is helping us with, and then it, we're doing it for charity. Uh, so we're uh, donating matching Hyundai's uh, mileage. Mileage as well. So I think it's going to be like two and a half, three thousand miles. So it's going to be a $5,000 donation to uh, a worthy children's charity as well. And we want to take you along with us. So, uh, yeah, uh, join us and follow us. And, and, you know, me and Nathan are going to get stinky and grumpy, I believe. Oh, indeed. We are old and we are stinky. (laughs) So uh, that's going to be happening. Around the time you hear this podcast. No mothballs, please. God, no, no. Around the time you hear this podcast, that's going to be around the same time that we're prepping. No, no, they're hearing it today. They're getting to say, well, well, still, we're only (laughs) a week away. A week and away from now. A week and a couple days away from, from doing this. So it's happening real soon. Basically, around the same time as SEMA, right after SEMA, we're out of here. That's when we're doing it. Yeah, we're 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 Ooh. gonna we're gonna be setting the record, and we figure we could do it in about forty four hours. That's it. Everything goes absolutely perfect. And and yeah, and the Hyundai is a great car because it's got two hundred fifty miles of range, right? And it's got uh, really quick charging, up yes. to two hundred fifty kilowatt hours of charging. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, we won't be spending a huge amount of time at Walmart's because that's where most of the EAs are at. Those will be our only stops. And we're going the southern route, right? Yes. So we're leaving. Cal- so we're going through California, and then we're going to kind of, kind of kiss. New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, go into Texas, which is going to be a big long. stretch through Texas. Yep, and then into Louisiana, mm-hmm. and then finally, you know, the Panhandle in Florida, and down to Orlando. 
Yes, so it's going to be a hell of a trip, and yeah, we we kind of want to set our own record. We we know EBs have done New York to Los Angeles and whatnot, so we're doing something yeah, a little we bit don't different. Want, you know, I've always thought it was a little, and I get it. I mean, Brock Yates did the Cannonball. I understand that was also a reaction to like the 55 mile an hour speed limit back in the day. So it makes sense. Today, though, a lot of the guys who are setting that record are are endangering people's lives for just the sake of doing something silly yeah in order to do an electric car cross country without stopping by the way i calculated we need a 700 kilowatt hour battery and one driver wearing diapers <laughs> uh that would probably be the best way to do it no but in reality we're gonna be we're stopping we're gonna be we're gonna cruise at the speed limits and everything else but really the point is and there's a point here we did northern lightning and that was a really tough trip you did that and it's a rural area in, yeah, in we Alaska. Drove, we drove the lightning up right. to the farthest northern most point you can drive in America. Yeah. So doing that was really difficult. The there was US, a lot of logistics, and they had to find places. You know, it was really hard. This should be, if everything goes well, fairly easy. And what we're doing is sort of bookending that adventure with this adventure, showing that you can go cross-country, if everything works, relatively easily in an electric vehicle doing this route that we're going to do, hopefully in less than 48 hours. All right, so let's uh, talk about the uh, best cars for winter. Indeed. Starting with Ecker, what is on your list, Nathan? I've got the RDX, and I want to add to that the RDX A-Spec. Okay. Because the A-Spec is just really good. Yeah, see, I'm a little little, uh, two minds on that. Uh, I think I'd go for the MDX. Uh, I just think it's got a little bit more uh, ground clearance. Look. Okay, we understand driving in the snow and in the winter is all about tires. Yes. So we're going to take that out of the equation because you could take any car and put snow tires and on it. And make it way better in the snow. We know that. We're, we, we're, we push that all the time. And we've done videos and tests where we do snow testing both in acceleration and stopping distances. Tommy's done a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're curious to say, see you know, how like snow tires stack up against all seasons and all weathers, this new set of tires that now you can basically drive all year round but have snow performance in them, go look at that. So we're not talking about the tires. We're talking about the car. So for me, the car has to have ground clearance because if there's a lot of snow and the RDX... Has some ground clearance, but obviously not quite as much as the MDX. Yeah, but so I'd go the, RDX, the RDX is lighter. Yeah. It's more maneuverable. It's cooler because it's not an old man's car like you were talking about. <laughs> and the A-Spec version of it has... Even fatter, worse tires for the snow. No, actually, I, I drove it in the snow with regular tires on it, and it was remarkably good. It's just a great car. Really, I only have one complaint about it, and that's the bush-button Super transmission. Super handling all-wheel drive? Yes. It's a fantastic all-wheel drive system. We have a video where we compare one against a Honda CRV because a lot of people are under the misconception of the same vehicle, and they're really not. All right. All right. Here, here's... Here's a little test for you, Nathan. Okay. Okay. And you, you can pick one of these cars. All right. You're driving up uh, the high country, mm-hmm. right, to your cabin, mm-hmm. and there's two feet of snow on the ground already, but your wife is uh, expecting to have a wine and cheese with her best buddies up there who are already up there, and you're late. So you got to get up there no matter what. Okay. Okay. Um, so you can pick one of these cars on this list to take. And for me, it would not be an Acura. I'm just saying it would not be an Acura. If, if, if those were the circumstances, not that there's anything wrong with an Acura, but it would not be an Acura. Okay. okay I mean, I'll, I'll tell you which car I'll pick. I know which car I'd pick. It's, it's, uh, when we get to it, I'll pick it, but it's not an Acura or it's not an Audi. Okay, so which is the next one on the list, yeah. and I put down the Q5 because, once again, we both had experience with it. I've driven one in the snow. It was excellent. Yeah, the, I mean, Audi was one of the first manufacturers – 
to make all-wheel drive. Yeah, the Quattro all-wheel drive system. Yes. They're not all the same, by the way, in case you guys thought no. they were. They're absolutely, many of them are different. But the one that was in the Q5 that I drove was fantastic. It was, it was very grippy. Yeah, so I can say Audi was the first to popularize it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, once again, Audi does, uh, they build one really good off-roader, and it's a Dakar race car, and you can't buy it. So, so Which is a shame. You know, they used to build, like, obviously, like, WRC cars, right, mm -hmm. World Rally Championships, and they've kind of... Well, they hammered it. They won, like, they won, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, and they've kind of stepped away from that. Uh, and so, so they built their reputation up building all-wheel drive cars, but mm -hmm. you look at their electric cars, which are fine, but the, no ground clearance. Yeah, and then you look I at agree. you look at a lot of their internal combustion engine cars, and a lot of them are, you know, performance. You know, the, the S and the RSs, right? Yeah. But none of those are anything I'd want to take in the snow. Well, that's why I chose the Q5. It has a little bit of ground clearance. It's still not enough. I, I would want more, but I, the all-wheel drive system is fantastic in that. All right, how about the wagon? That's <laughs> the RS. Well, yeah, I haven't driven the RS, so I didn't put it on here. And I hear it's amazing and cool and Might awesome. Might be horrible in the snow. Uh, well, by comparison, it's everything that the Germans build tend to be pretty good in the snow regardless. I'm going to say that right out there. Go ahead and send emails and complain to Roman. All right. Speaking of Germans, there's one more on yeah. this list. Uh, um, BMW, you picked the X5. Yeah, that's to me, it's it's perfectly logical of all the vehicles that they build because it's not the heavy big guy and it's not the little tiny one. The X5, I actually kind of like the X3 as well, but the X5 has pretty good ground clearance and it has a remarkable powertrain. Any of the electric vehicles you would pick? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, we, I probably wouldn't because the battery degradation. That, well, yeah, but although they're much better nowadays. Uh, well, we will be talking to the, I, I did add an electric car to this list, but for a reason. The thing is, is that electric vehicles do not do well in cold weather by comparison. And that's because their batteries just do not do well in the cold. However, we've lost modern like, in, in the testing we've done. We, yeah. we've, and keep in mind, we've owned a Model X, a Model Y, a Model 3, uh, an the i3. Mini. Uh, yeah, just uh, we have a Mini SE right now. I have uh, a Leaf. Yeah, uh, you lose like up to 25% of your potentially range, yeah on a battery and so they're not great in cold weather no no they're getting better though and uh they're the newer heat pumps and all the other ways that they're finding to keep the power going in a logical way it's improving every year but regardless they're not what we would recommend for cold weather living just because you do lose mileage regardless uh the next on this list is the b uh, sorry the b the buick, <laughs> the buick encore gx the Encore GX is slightly bigger than the regular Encore, yep. and it has a pretty peppy powertrain. The all-wheel drive system is remarkably good. It is, it's basically a Korean-built uh, powertrain, and I really like how it does do pretty good 50-50 transition in terms of power. I've driven one in the snow. It was pretty deep, and it did really, really well. So it's, it's a decent setup. It's just small and kind of innocuous compared to some of these other vehicles, but it's, I think it's really good for what it is. Once again, none of these I would take up to that cabin to meet you and your wife at this point. Let's keep going, though. This one might be on my list to take up there. Well, <laughs> okay. this, this well is, this, I, I combined a few. This is the first one that actually... Uh, that you might agree with. Yeah, I agree with. Well, that. I have a feeling I know which one you're going to agree with. So, so what you, I put go, on this go list ahead, yeah. is the Cadillac Escalade, but I also put in, in slash marks. Uh, so the Yukon, the Suburban, the Tahoe, basically all of the large... SUVs that General Motors builds. Because they're trucks. They're, they are trucks, but they really do go alongside of cars. And now they have four-wheel independent suspension across the board. And they drive very differently than they used to. And we have driven some of these in the snow. And I think they actually drove well. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would I would take any or all of those. Uh, probably for me, I kind of like I kind of like the Yukon out of the three of those. The Escalade's mm. a little too bougie, uh, and the Suburban is just uh, you know the the biggest downside with all of those is they're big and heavy, and so unless you have good tires, you could you you know going down a steep mountain pass in a snowstorm would could be a little butt clenchy. We did we had the Tahoe for a little while if you remember that yeah. Tahoe the off with the off road package. And that that trick rear end I thought was really well built for snow. It's it's not your typical G80. So that one that was a Z71 I believe. And and let's while we, where we're at at this, let's talk about some other things that I'd want in my snow car. Okay, well we, we can. Okay, pause and, and these do have that. them. Uh, I'd want a heated steering wheel. I think that's a must. Okay. Uh, and I'd want heated seats. Uh, all of these have heated seats. And I'd want heated seats for my passengers. And I mean front and, and back. Passen- I care about my passengers. Your rear passengers are steerage. They don't deserve anything. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, all right. And I'd want a powerful defroster in a snowstorm. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and heated side mirrors so I could see what's behind me. How about heated front glass? Yeah, but there's very few who do that. Only Range Rover does that, I think. Mm-hmm. And is that even on the list? You well, know? the Defender's on the list. Okay, right. Well, we'll I, get I don't give it away, but that's pretty obvious that we chose that one. Uh, so let's, and I agree with you on all those things, I mean, reluctantly about the rear passengers. And, and, and here's another thing I want, which we'll get to eventually. When mm. you hit that giant snowdrift, I want air suspension to raise the vehicle up. And while the Cadillac, Yukon, Escalade have rear leveling, they do not have complete air suspension. But some of these vehicles do. Mm. But the one, the next I one... I think that's right, right? They have rear leveling. The rear comes up, not not all fours. I think it's just the back. I, I think the V might have all fours. Maybe it has all four. I yeah. think you're right. Maybe they do have all four. But that's that's a different thing. And the V would be, oh, my God. And the, and then, you're, then you're looking at, you like, start avalanches driving I think that. they probably have it. Then you're looking at as much ground clearance as possible. Mm-hmm. And the vehicle, there's two vehicles that have as much ground clearance as possible. Uh, and uh, let me see here. I, well, I, let, let's talk about the one that's, that's uh, not on this list, which would be a GMC Hummer, which we have. That in its ex- I didn't who who I didn't want to add the Hummer to this. Well, list. I, I wouldn't pick it as the one, but I'm saying in its in its extract extraction mode, mm-hmm. it's got almost 16 inches of ground clearance. I mean that is a lot, and but there's a lot of other vehicles that have a lot of ground clearance there, that I didn't add to this there's, list. There's only one other one, which we're actually going to get to test pretty soon, and that's the new Mercedes-Benz G wagon. Uh, four by four, the square. That's got yeah. portal axles, and that also has a that huge has amount. crazy ground clearance. Yeah. And I didn't add the G wagon because we haven't driven the new one yeah. yet, so I used a different one. But I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, so the next one on our list is the hold, hold, Chrysler. Uh, there's only two Chrysler. Yeah, I know, but you I, and I, I agree that the all-wheel hold, drive. Hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on. And I take it it's not. It's not the 300C SRT. I take it that's not the one. No, and that doesn't have all-wheel drive, but you can get <laughs> So there's a three- only one left. No, well, there is a 300, I believe, you can get with all-wheel drive. Uh, or I there was. No, there was. It's gone okay. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. We, obviously, we're not doing it. But we are talking about the Pacifica, and here's the good news. Roman recently went on camera in front of everybody and said he really likes them. I love the Pacifica. It's a really good car. Yeah, you know what? The only thing that bums me out about the Pacifica... You can't get the hybrid with the all-wheel drive, and I, 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 that's the one I want. And you know, yeah. Toyota does it with the all-wheel drive. Yes. Uh, and so I think Chrysler, come on, guys, step it up. Add well, that. this is a plug-in hybrid that they have, so there's some different types of mechanics right, going on. Right, because you think that maybe the drive shaft can't go through the battery. Exactly. Yeah. It's a much bigger battery and everything. In fact, you can't even fold the seats. You don't have stow-and-go in the hybrid because it's a plug-in hybrid, bigger battery. But the regular one... Is fantastic. It drives great. It's very comfortable. It feels like a very secure vehicle. I've driven it on a on a snow drift, 
where we did have high snow and heavy, heavy ice. It was a year ago, basically. And it was fantastic. And it didn't even have snow tires. It had regular all-season tires on it. Wonderful car in the snow. Very good mechanical all-wheel drive system. My only issue with it is it gets kind of crap mileage for the competition. All right. So let's talk about uh, all-wheel drive systems. And you kind of touched on this with the Mm -hmm. Audi, right? I remember I went on, on the Audi program. Was it the Q8? Uh, maybe it was the Q5. Q5. It was a. Oh, maybe it was the RS. Anyway, um, they, they were talking about, and you said they have different Quattros, which is right. So they were talking about they had put a new Quattro system into it, where basically the car is front wheel drive, and then they had a computer screen hooked up to it, and then they would show you how quickly it would go from front wheel drive to all wheel drive, mm-hmm. because obviously it's going to use less fuel if it's not turning all four wheels at the same time. Right. And so they had, you know, it was it was like in milliseconds. Uh, and then I was just on the, uh, I was on the Honda uh, uh, CRV hybrid, mm-hmm. uh, and they were talking about how now they've improved the system. So it, it's basically gone from a front wheel bias to uh, a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. I think for, in my experience, maybe you agree with this, I want a car that's full-time all-wheel drive, 50-50 split. I don't want a car that's like front-wheel drive, no matter how quickly it can switch to all-wheel drive, couple and uncouple those clutches, or if it's viscous. I want a car that is all-wheel drive, 50-50 split all the time. So if all the power is going to all four wheels, as well, they don't have lockers. Right. So basically, you're with open diffs, you're at you know 50% going to one of the front wheels and 50% going to one of the rear wheels, depending on which way I, I, I got you. And what if you had a button... Where you could hit it at any point in time, and then you're always 50-50, up to a certain speed. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, some of these cars have that. Yeah, some of them have, some of them have like, the center locker. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or not just the center locker. But it's a fake locker. It's a Yeah, there's, there's a variety of different types, yeah. and, and they all have their own versions of it. And a lot of them have um, snow modes, where once you put it into snow mode, it's already in all-wheel drive. And sometimes they, some vehicles have a mechanical disconnect. Like actually the uh, the Chrysler we just talked about, where it is front wheel drive, and the minute that it detects even a little bit of slip, it just immediately shoves it yeah, into. Yeah, but it. I, w- I don't want it even I, detect. I, I, I wanna, know. I'm I just telling it. you that there's different systems out there. So when, when I'm sliding off uh, the road, I don't want the car thinking it needs to go, you know, front wheel drive versus rear wheel drive. I want all wheels getting all the power. Well, speaking of a mechanical all wheel drive system, yeah. the next vehicle on the list, the Dodge Challenger G- GT, has a mechanical all-wheel drive system, it's kind of the reverse of what they did in the Chrysler Pacifica because it's a rear-wheel drive car that fires power to the front wheels when needed. And I believe it's a 70-30 split once it does that. Do they that. still make that or do they stop making it's still, it? It's still being made. It's got a little bit of more ground clearance, too. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just a, a touch. T- it's a it's like t- a half an inch at that the was, most. That was a program where Andre almost died. Oh, when the tree fell on it? Yes. (laughs) So he went over to Ann Arbor. No, Canada. That's right. He was in Canada. And he was driving along. It wasn't the car's fault. A tree branch just snapped off. It was an icy cold day. And this is a danger for a lot of people. Yes. And the tree branch right on top of him just broke and slammed on top of the car. The front glass shattered and the mirror even disconnected, although the wire that holds, the, there's a, you know, because it's connected electronically, was hanging. So the mirror's hanging. All this happened in a split second. Andre basically thought he was shot by a large missile from above or something like, you know, he seriously thought like something happened that was, you know, going to kill him. That's, I mean, he really did think he was going to die. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so good so, news, he was fine. And that, that's one of those cars I've always kind of wanted to, like, actually turn into an off-roader. Like, buy an old one and then, 
you know, lift, lift it. it. Yeah, it would be so really cool to do that. It would be so really cool. cool. And I and I have a feeling that in the future we'll see stuff like that. And but unfortunately, the GT only comes with the same, basically the same V6 that's in the Pacifica. No Hemi, so, huh? Yeah, no Hemi. Which is such a, could you imagine how cool that would be, an all-wheel drive vehicle with like, you know, say 350, 400 horsepower? I, I, think, I think the people at Stellantis are like screaming like, you'd be the only guys who would buy that. <laughs> they I'm might, not sure well, about that. I'm not sure about that. And the other thing to consider is the fact that, you know, they are, they're constrained by budget. And in order to build something like that, I talked to them. They would have to rework the entire front end of the vehicle in order to make the Hemi fit. So there's, that's a whole different thing. All right, I completely disagree on the next one, but go ahead. What what Ford did reason. you pick? There's right, a reason. All right, let's hear your Ford okay. pick. So my my pick is the Ford Mach E. I don't want to call it Mustang. I'm just calling it the Mach E. Reason why is because Roman, over the past three years, it's the only Ford I've driven in the snow. They haven't given us anything else to drive in the snow. They haven't given us anything else other than trucks. So which which one which Ford? I'm not talking about a truck. Which yeah. which Ford do you think I would take to drive? Because this is the brand. This is one of the two on here that I one of the three on here that I would take to actually drive up there in the worst snowstorm. I'm guessing you, on, you, you know. the Explorer. No. Yeah, you love no, the Explorer. No, come on. The you hybrid Explorer. No, no, come on. Okay, the Edge. You love no. the Edge. <laughs> Bronco Raptor, dude. Yeah, the, the Bronco's a truck, <laughs> Bron- though. Bronco Raptor would be the one I would choose. You'd feel completely unstoppable in that vehicle. Yeah, I didn't add the Bronco on here because we bought it. Or and or if you don't want to go crazy, get the Bronco Sport. The Bronco Sport is really good, too. I think... I think I, I totally screwed that up. I should have put the Bronco Sport. I forgot that Ford did give us that. Dare I but, say, but we got nothing else from them, like none of the Timberlines right, or anything right. else. Dare, dare I say, in a snowstorm, if you wanted a crossover... Just a mild crossover. The best one would be the Bronco Sport. One of the best ones. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree. one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of other crossovers. But the here Bronco that Raptor good. that would be unstoppable. Just you, you would, you'd have like whatever that yeah. is, twelve inches of ground. Oh, probably not. Probably eleven inches of ground clearance. Yeah, even the regular Bronco, the one we have, is, yeah. is really good yeah. in the snow. On thirty fives. Yeah. Yeah. Completely well, fine. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I, I probably should have added. If we've but, gone for, let's go from one of the biggest to one of the smallest. Yeah. So the next one I'm going to list is the Fiat 500X. Why? Because it's the only one they sell. <laughs> and it's also the only Fiat that uh, in the past three years that I've taken in the snow. And it did really well, actually. It's it's, it's a little, it's, a, it's got the little three-cylinder turbo. I'd go for the Fiat just for, <laughs> just for, for and it's, grins. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, but it did just They fine. don't build it anymore. Actually, I took that up and over. Um, we'd had that red line event and I took it up and over into um, wherever the, the event is held and um, up and over into the Rockies and really into some deep snow to Devil's Thumb Ranch I think it's called yeah yeah so it did really well um, the next on the list though is an emotional favorite of mine I don't know how you feel about it and that's the Genesis GV70 what a vehicle yeah it's beautiful it's I'm uh, not sure it's great in the snow. We've never driven it in the snow. No, but I did drive it on some loose terrain. Yeah. And the all-wheel drive system is absolutely solid. I have a feeling it'll be fantastic in the snow. Ground clearance isn't the best, though. That's probably my only issue with it is the fact that it's kind of sort of low for a crossover SUV. And I think that, you know, it has a real bias towards rear drive, so it would be a lot of fun in snow. But until we drive one in deep snow... I can only say that I know that the all-wheel drive system is solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also agree with the next one, um, the Hyundai. What did you pick? Santa Cruz. Yeah, but with a caveat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want. It's <laughs> probably a smart caveat. Yeah. I want the automatic torque converter. Yep. Eight-speed. I don't want the dual clutch. As you know, uh, we have the dual clutch, and we can't drive it because 
Well, this is a public service announcement, Nathan. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, Hyundai has had to stop sale, stop sale, and r recall all their uh, wet, dual, the twin wet, clutch, wet dual clutches. Yeah. yeah, and the reason for that is uh, it's kind of interesting. We were thinking about this about driving ours, and then we thought it'd be pro probably kind of sketchy. So what happened is there's a uh, controller that I guess becomes desoldered, which controls the oil pump. So they went from a dry clutch, dual clutch, to a wet clutch, which mm -hmm. is good, uh, but it then uh, stops pumping oil, and then the car gives you, get this, apparently 20 seconds to pull over and stop before it locks itself in park. Yep. So imagine that. Imagine like you're driving along with your wife, and all of a sudden, you know, whatever happens to, to the uh, oil pump, and then all of a sudden, you don't get a countdown. Imagine if it did 20, 19. <laughs> and actually, that would be, honey, that would be scary as hell, but at least they give you a countdown, you know. <laughs> I think it can make it to the station. Yeah, uh, well, that's what, Roman, that's the reason why the one I bought, if I ever get it, uh, is the regular uh, powertrain with the eight-speed automatic transmission, which has proven to be pretty solid because the dual clutch is kind of iffy. And it, this just kind of solidifies that. Well, I mean, I don't but, know if it's iffy, but look. For, no, it, it is. It's what Off-road, it overheats. So, and, yeah, and, yeah, so what happened? I mean, it's a great transmission for a race car. Oh, yeah. So what happened a few years ago, like all the Germans went to dual clutches, right? Remember that? And then, oh, yeah. And then eventually what ended up happening is they, they weren't as long-lasting. People hated them in stop-and-go traffic. And yep. the Germans were like, you know what? We need to go back to regular torque converters. And mm -hmm. they did. But for some reason, like like the Japanese brand stuck with CVTs, the Koreans stuck with the dual clutch, and you're right, off-road it's no good, in traffic it's kind of herky-jerky, mm -hmm. and now you know they're paying the price by having to basically recall, It's I think it's over 100,000 vehicles at this point. However, I want to say that I did drive a Santa Cruz, and it was the dual clutch with the turbo in snow, and it was fabulous. It's a really good car, and you do have that button. And if you hit the button, what you're doing is at low speeds, I believe up to 35 miles per hour, you're sending 50-50 torque front and rear. Otherwise, it does work as an all-wheel drive system where it will send traction where it's needed. And then if there's a spinning tire, eventually it will clamp down on it with its ABS system and send power to, once again, where it's needed. Uh, I think it's a really good system. It works really well. Uh, I wish it was a little bit more rear biased, but that's just my own personal thing because there's so much power coming out of the turbo. So... I, but I do think it's a, and it's it's the same system that's in the Tucson and the Santa Fe. Essentially, they're all very similar. Same with a lot of Kia products, and so, there is a Kia on so, here. So before we move on, I noticed we uh, forgot a Chevy. We're already over to yeah, the well, H's. No, 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 because we have Cadillac, Escalade, the Yukon, the Suburban. Oh, I see. So that was, I, I combined them oh, all together. Oh, I get right. it. Right, but yeah. I mean, you know, another really good Chevy. If you want to throw it on the list. Yeah. The Trailblazer? Yeah. It's a good little vehicle good in little the vehicle, rough. Yeah, yeah and I, I took one in the snow, but it was that, it's the one with the off-road package, and all it really is is just the beefier tires, but those tires make a huge difference, and you get it really cheap, and they get good mileage. It's a good little car. And keep, and keep in mind, this is the car podcast, so obviously Silverado. Yeah, we're not going to, that's what I'm trying to avoid in this, is try not to go too trucky on it. Right. Um, okay, so the next one on the list is the Honda Passport Trail Sport, and I have a great video where I took one of these to the ranch. This is before we put a lot Not of the our... the Ridgeline. You'd go for the Passport, huh? Yeah, the Passport. Well, that's a truck, too, so... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, with yeah. you. I'm with you. The Trail Sport yeah. is cool. They, 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 they made it more 
uh, off-roady. A little um, bit more, yeah. Yeah, they added, you know, tires that, that look off-roady. <laughs> they're really not. They're good all-season tires. I'll give them that, but they're not built for off-road. And I've, I've made that point many times. But we took it, and we were doing donuts in the snow. And it the all-wheel drive system's excellent. I was actually able to off-road it and go over some snow, and it did great. So I really do think that it's just a good balance because it's got a really good powertrain. I mean, that V6 has got just balls and yeah. it feels quick and it's relatively efficient for pretty big crossovers. So now, I noticed I'm looking down this list. I noticed there are no sedans on this list and the reason except, no, I already for, except got for the Dodge. Yeah. But the problem with sedans is they just don't have enough ground clearance. Most well, of them are very low. Yeah. Now, it, and it's funny because I thought when I first saw the Toyota Crown, I thought, oh, that's a sedan with ground clearance and it's all wheel drive. And then Tommy reviewed it and he's like, hey, there's no ground clearance. <laughs> it doesn't have any ground clearance. So I, I learned a couple lessons with, um, with, with living in Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one was I had a station wagon for a while, a Volvo V70R. Yeah, those were awesome. Right. And then uh, I don't remember like 10, maybe 15 years ago, we had this horrendous snowstorm where everything just shut down. And my wife was taking the bus to work and she was taking the bus home. And uh, uh, it got as far as Westminster and pulled over and it couldn't go any farther. Right. And I was like, honey, I will come and save you. Because you're the hero. You're the husband. Yeah, it might be 70 r So funny. Uh, And I had snow tires on it, Mm -hmm. like dedicated snow tires. I think I had Blizzax on it. Pull it out of the driveway about a mile down the road. It got completely high centered. Yep. At first it was a plow and then eventually it just went underneath. And I was like, oh. And I was lucky to get it like back it up and then back up over my tracks and, you know, gingerly turned around and head home. That was around 2004, 2005, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. I remember that snowstorm. So I got that, high center, too. That's uh, why ground clearance is so important. But I had ground clearance. I had a Subaru Forester. And I went and saved my wife, who had to fly into uh, Colorado Springs because uh, Denver was closed. So I drove all the way down there, got her in this Subaru, turned around, came back, made it all the way into my neighborhood, made it almost to my driveway, and then all the snow piled up underneath, and I got completely high-centered. It took me a full day to shovel it out. But I was in front of my house at the time. And speaking of Subarus, there's no Subaru on this list because yes. they don't lend us cars, so we don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, the last car we drove was a 2000, uh, 2021 that we bought, <laughs> and so we haven't driven a new one, and um, they won't give them the other, the, the, the other lesson I learned with, with front-wheel drive, same thing. Uh, we had a Prius. Mm-hmm. That was when, like, gas went through the roof, remember? Yeah. My wife bought a Prius. 08, 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I put on snow tires again, mm-hmm. and, and it was snowing hard. And I think there were like maybe a foot of snow in our neighborhood. And she's like, "I don't think I can take the Prius." So I'm like, "Let me show you how to do it, honey." So, I, so I, with snow tires, uh-huh. I, I pull it out um, down the driveway. Fine, going downhill, you know, pull it into the driveway, pull it into the road, and immediately just the yep. front wheels are just spinning, right? Because you lifted it up with all the snow underneath. Well, because and it's, it's front-wheel drive, yeah. and there's, you know, it's plowing snow, and so. And they do have an all-wheel drive Prius, by the way, and they it's do, decent. Yeah. But it's also, once again, the whole thing on this list is having a little bit of ground clearance makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so no front-wheel drive, no rear-wheel drive, no yeah. sedans, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one on the list is the Infiniti, and I put two on here, the QX50 and the 55, because they're essentially the same vehicle. The 55 has uh, a cut in it, so it makes it look like a coupe, which... I don't really like, by the way, because it's silly. Uh, but the QX50, I have driven that in some powder, and it did great. It sounds terrible, even though it's got a great powertrain in terms of the engine, and it has a CVT. But the engine is that, it, that Nissan, well, it's a whole different story. But anyway, it, it, it's a turbocharged powertrain, uh, variable valve, and it is fantastically powerful. 
And the all-wheel drive system was really good in that. And it had decent ground clearance, but then the front end, I could see it definitely digging into more than, say, six inches of snow. I have nothing to add. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, Jaguar, what'd you pick? Uh, the F-Pace, and that's only because that's the only one I can think of that I would take in snow. That's a Jaguar. Well, there's a, the smaller one, whatever it is, the... Uh, no, I, I wouldn't uh, do that. The E-Pace. Yeah, but that one's really low to the ground. Yeah, it's basically yeah, a wagon. Yeah. Yeah, this one has some ground clearance. And then there's the electric one, the I-Pace. Yeah, but that's, this has better ground clearance. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. The F-Pace, uh, and you know, Jaguar has announced that they're going all electric. Uh, yeah. And basically, all these vehicles are going away, so get them while they're good. Um, you you, know. But what did you think of it? You drove one. I know you were kind of 50-50 on it. Uh, I thought when it came out, uh, it was, you know, I mean, once again, now we're going to have a discussion whether, like, traditional sports car brands should be making crossovers, right? Well, now Ferrari is, so they all are pretty much. Everybody's in it. So they all are. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's fine, you know, uh, um, uh, it's, it's fine. Okay. It was fine. Uh, It's got a great exhaust note. It's got a great exhaust. Awesome. I think yeah. it's actually a pretty car. Yeah, and the SBR yeah, version's really quick and yeah. fun and fast. And yeah, yeah, it's a pretty car. Uh, but you know, I like sports cars that are <laughs> Jaguars. It's 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 a difficult thing because yeah. I, I have the problem with that distinction. Later on in the list, actually not too much later, you will be talking about another one. And the F type's going away too. Yeah, yeah I they know. just announced the final edition. Yeah. I'm not surprised though; they barely sell them. Yeah, and those are beautiful cars. Oh, they're gorgeous. I would love to buy one, but it's got this weird seat. Where um, because the top end of it kind of bends in a little bit toward my head, it like pokes me right in kind of the back of my neck. So you need to slouch more like I do all the time. <laughs> yes, and then you'll be fine. And every time I'm, I'm always like, I want one of these, and I sit and I'm like, oh, I couldn't drive this just they're because so, of that. They're, so they're pretty cars, and they 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 they're fast and they're fun and they're just beautiful. And there was an all-wheel drive one. Yes. You know, if you wanted to, they did one uh, all-wheel drive. I think it was in the two-liter turbo for a while. I don't know. I'm not sure if you could get it. There was a manual as well, and that was also with the two-liter turbo. Yeah. And that disappeared because, once again, you guys demanded it, and then nobody bought it. All right, going going into one that I would definitely take uh, into the snow. And I added, I put two in here because I had to. They're both good. Yeah, and that's the Grand Cherokee and the Wagoneer. And the reason I added the Wagoneer to this is because they're completely different vehicles. And technically speaking, the Jeep folks don't call the Jeep a Wagoneer. They don't call the Wagoneer a Jeep. Yeah, that's what it is. So, so you've got the Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Then you yes. got the Wagoneer. And then the Wagoneer L. Uh, Grand Wagoneer. Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer L. I know, it, it's so confusing, and I really wish they didn't do that. But regardless, I know that the Jeep Grand Cherokee is fantastic in the snow. It has an excellent snow mode in it. It has good ground clearance. Air suspension. Adjustable, yep. which is great. A really good approach angle. It's a fantastic off-road vehicle and a very good snow vehicle. The Wagoneer I have not taken off snow, but I have taken it off-road. And I can vouch for the fact that this is a solid, beefy vehicle that, to me, competes directly with, like, the Escalade and whatnot. And what a wonderful place to be when you're going through the snow. I love that interior. Yeah, but once again, for me, you know, uh, as much as I love these two vehicles, I'd probably get a Wrangler. (laughs) Yeah, and, and you've had a, we, we've had a lot of well, yeah, I mean, you can melt the snow. Yeah, but I, I think that these the are these are more logical vehicles for the snow. The thing about the Wrangler, it's it's, it's a decent vehicle in yeah. the snow, sure. But what do a lot of people do? The first thing they do when they get a Wrangler, they put on off-road tires. Yeah, which depends you, which ones are. Mud some ter- of them mud terrains aren't great. Right, right, and yeah. and some of these off-road tires that they're putting on there are really not great for snow. Yeah, the, some of the some like the new KO2s, right? KO2s are great. That's why I put them on almost everything I own. The ones that are snow rated. Yeah, they're they're really good. So, but anyway, um, that that 
you guys can kind of throw in. We want to hear your comments below, by the way. Now, the next one is Kia, and it's the Telluride. And there's something interesting about the Telluride, and that has to do with him. Yeah, I'm leaving in uh, 21 minutes. <laughs> to <laughs> Which go is why we have to wrap this up kind of quick. To go drive. <laughs> we got 21 minutes left on this podcast. Yeah. To go drive it because they just refreshed it, and I'm going to San Antonio to do a review of it. So I can't wait. I mean, I took the I took the current one off-road. It's fine. Not enough ground clearance. I think it's okay it's in okay. the snow, though. I took it through Moab. You know, I did some light off-roading with yeah. it. It's fine. It's got that center locking, you know. But I think the power is really good. Yeah, power very it's comfortable a, vehicle. It's a V6. It's fine. Yeah, and they're really, really popular. It's one of their best-selling vehicles right now. Um, so just I'm throwing that out there because he's going, but also because I took one in the snow and I thought it did great. Yeah, go to altfl.com if you want to see. Tomorrow I'll have a walk around of it um, uh, as well up on altfl, uh, and you can check it out. See if you like. It's a, it's a it's a refresh, right? They didn't. They didn't completely redesign it. No, no, the mechanically, it. I think it's, everything's pretty much the same. Yeah, There's a couple changes, yeah. and yeah, but but you'll find out tomorrow. Yep. Okay, the next one on the list, only because we've both driven one. I drove it in the snow. I don't know if you got a chance to drive it in the snow. The, the Urus? Yep, the Lamborghini Urus. It's, it's going to have the, the same problem, low ground clearance, fat tires. You know, the ground clearance is low, but it's not as low as I and, thought it would be. probably perform in summer tires. Oh, uh, no, they were all seasons on yeah. the one that we had. Yeah, and we do have videos, uh, a video on it. Well, let's, let's, let's be real. Like, if you've got an Urus, right, I mean, I guess it's your snow car, but I wouldn't. Would you take, like, a $250,000 Urus if, because, it, if it was your money? Because I'm a baller, because then I would have money. <laughs> no, because you're a baller. The money. If I could afford one of those, I'd obviously you, you, be able you, to afford to take it into the snow. You Hell would live yeah. in Brentwood, and you, <laughs> you yeah. would never see snow. I, you, know, you know why I would do it? And just, like, all these luxury SUVs, yeah. even if I had a Bentayga, which is not on this list because we never took one of the snow. Or you'd be in Oceanside or someplace yeah. like that that never sees snow. So the reason I, I would take it is because I could, and I want to shove it in all my neighbor's face. <laughs> even though you know they, I wouldn't see them because there's no, an dude, acre you, between them. Let's be real. But about I really would. No, I really would. If I if I had something, I would make sure that you I, live, I you use li- it. You live in Brentwood, yes, right? And you've got a Tahoe ski house. Mm-hmm. And at the Tahoe ski house, you've got like a classic Range Rover that you drive around because that's cool. I'd still take the Lamborghini up there, right. and I'd put right. skis on the roof, even though I don't ski. <laughs> so everybody knows I'm going up to Tahoe, and I would leave the roof rack on there, even though it would ruin aerodynamics, just to let everybody know. I'd that be terrified to drive no, that in a because I can afford it, and I'm a baller, and that's why I would get it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a stupid fun car, especially when you hit that special button. <laughs> but it's also completely illogical, and it's technically, I know, an Audi. And well, all that's like stuff. that's like when all these brands are built. You know, I just I just drove the DBX seven hundred seven. Mm-hmm. You know, with I think it rolls on twenty three. <laughs> I know it's, we're at wagon wheels at this point, aren't we? <laughs> We might as well just pull, you know, all, you know. And it started, I was in Sardinia and it started snowing. Oh, you had a horrible time. It was so hilarious because there were like all these people there from like the UK, uh, Supercars of London was there, the yeah. dude, right? And he's like, he's like showing me his Instagram. He's like, oh, check this out, mate. You know, and it was like him with the Lamborghini, I mean, with the uh, 707 uh, in the snow. Look at that. And I'm like, I could have gone 20 minutes from my house. This I know, is- seriously, <laughs> we could just drive down the driveway I did, pretty much. I didn't need to spend 24 hours traveling to Sardinia to drive this thing on 23s with summer tires uh you know in the snow and he was he was so happy and i was like uh yeah okay that's a car roman was miserable when he came back from that and i was really envious because it's like oh i really i love italy and he comes back and i was just like i heard about his trip and like uh, God, so I didn't, so it, was, it, was, it was in the spring it was closed 
<laughs> Everything was closed. You couldn't get food. In Italy, in, in, you know, there's they were Sardinia. Like, they, were like, they, they were like, it was on the weekend, and they were like, well, there's a drive route, but the coffee shop and restaurant are closed. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to starve on the route, but enjoy the Plus that car. It's hilarious. So that is a big car in Sardinia, right, yeah. where everybody drives a one liter, uh, you know, little yeah, tiny. Yeah, little tiny Fiat, <laughs> you know. And then I saw one. I saw one yesterday for the first time uh-huh. uh, in Castle Rock, and I looked at it. And I was driving the Forerunner, uh-huh. uh, and I thought to myself, "That's about the size of a Forerunner. It's not that big, you know." It's it, it's not. It's kind of wide, and I yeah. think that well, it, on little tiny roads in old Italy, it, it, yeah, it's going to feel kind of ponderous. Let's try to get through this list because yeah, we'll have I got to hit. The, I got to go to the airport. Yeah, yes, the so, Defender. I agree. Yes, two door or four door? What would you get? I love the two door, but I haven't driven it yet. But I heard from a friend of ours, Moto Man, that it's great. But I haven't. The logic is really for the four-door, and my wife fell in love with the four-door. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, it used to be when it first came out that air suspension was standard in America, mm-hmm. and now they made it optional. So you know, Yeah, I would probably go for the steel spring suspension. There's still plenty of uh, ground, clearance, ground yeah. clearance. But that vehicle, when Tommy took it to Moab, had the most ground clearance of anything I've ever seen when you jack it all the way up. I right, absolutely disagree with you on the Lexus. You put the NX350H. Yeah. Oh, I got, God, no. Come on. Well, actually, GX, I prefer the turbo a little a bit GX over the or an LX? Uh, no, yeah. I really liked the NX in the snow. It was great. I drove one in the snow. I know, but that's a little tiny crossover. I know, yeah, I know. Get, get, get the, you get you the, like the bigger ones. Get that the just... GX, get the LX. And once you're stuck in the LX And I in disagree the snow, with the Lincoln, the Lincoln Court. No, Navigator, dude. It's uh, a truck, I know, but come on. In the well, snow. We, we, when's the last time we had a Navigator? Here. I drove it on a program. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. They, seriously. I mean, we, we don't get them. I, I, I'm not going to add them to the list if I don't know anything about them. Uh, Ma- Mazda would be... Mazda just doesn't build any any well, cars no. they don't want to take in the snow. The CX-30 is great. It's got a little bit uh, more ground clearance. Yeah. Their all-wheel drive mm-hmm. system is mm-hmm. wizard. It's really good. It's the predictive mm-hmm. all-wheel drive mm-hmm. system. I think it's great because once it detects snow and ice and everything else, it actually puts you yeah, in yeah. full-time all-wheel drive all the time, just like you wanted. Miata with snow tires is the answer. No, it's not. Come on. You're just being grumpy because you don't... Yeah, see, that's the thing. You're just an old grouch. All right, let's move on to the Mercedes-Benz. I chose the GLC. You're probably going to... What was the one we just had, that big white thing? Uh, uh, that was the EQS <laughs> AMG. No, 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 no. I mean the SUV. Uh, that, that white one with the, with the six-cylinder turbo, which also had the hybrid setup on it. It was, GL, big... was, it, was it a GLS? Maybe it was a GLS. Is that the big one? That's a big okay, one. Yeah, I, you, put the, you put the GLC, which I know, is but the, the G- mid- That's oh, the one come I on. took in the snow. G Wagon, of course. It's four well, by four square. Once again, the, the reason answer. why I didn't put it in there is because the new the brand new G Wagon, I haven't driven and we neither have I. Well, well that's what you're about to drive. No, we're gonna get it. We're, hey, so thank you, Mercedes. They offered it to us for the LA Auto Show, and yes. then, then we can drive it back. So, Far, me, yeah. so me and you, after driving all the way cross-country. You, you get a two-week break, and then we're back in the car again driving cross-country. Yeah, so that's but good, we'll, take yeah. It, we'll take it to Moab. Then we'll see. Hell yeah. Yeah, I can't Portal wait. Portal axles, baby. Dude, that thing is 300K. <laughs> and it's this beautiful, I want to call it like, oh, it's a blue color. I, I forget the official name of it, but it's a, it's a, I think it's a uh, Disneyo color. It's really gorgeous. Anyway, it's thank you, Mercedes. It's in blue. Excuse me, Blue. <laughs> Warum nicht Blue? <laughs> Why not Blue? Okay. All right, you put the Mini Countryman? Absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, for Mini, it's... And, and I have an older one, and my wife absolutely bulldozes through the snow. Even though it only has, like, five or six inches of ground clearance, She, it's a really good Colorado car. That turbo helps. And I, I think, actually, uh, the Mitsubishi Outlander is also a good choice. Yeah, now this is the PHEB. 
Uh, Tommy recently drove one, has an amazing plug-in hybrid system. Now, we drove the old one, and I drove it in the snow. We even ran a microwave in one, and it was really good in the snow. The all-wheel drive system is fantastic. Do not consider it an, an, an average uh, Mitsubishi. It is their best vehicle. And, you know, they of... have a huge, her- long heritage of building really great uh, rally cars, and maybe they're starting to come get their – Kind of get their mojo back. I in, hope so. In terms the, of, according know. to Tommy, this last SUV that he drove, the uh, the, the PHV was yeah. excellent. So we will get it eventually, and we will take it in the snow. Now the next one, I agree completely. The Nissan Pathfinder Rock Creek. Yeah, the Rock, but the Rock Creek, not the regular one. The regular one we did take off road as well, but the Rock Creek has a little bit more ground clearance and has some really beefy off road tires. A couple, I believe, it has front skid plate. And it is just a much better vehicle if you want to go light off-road. Hey, I picked the Xterra, but oh, they're not building it anymore. Well, God, I haven't. Come on, they haven't built that in years. But the Rock Creek, it's extra ground clearance, it's excellent all-wheel drive system, and it's new nine-speed automatic transmission make it a very good choice. And if this was the truck show, we picked the Frontier. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Frontier, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I almost bought one. Uh, Tesla Model Y. Now, I we have, we've had all the Teslas. Disagree. Now, I, do you think it's the X? Yeah, because it's okay. got air suspension. You okay, so that's, that's I wasn't 100% sure so on we, that. So we had them, uh, they're pretty good in the snow, so there's a video we, out there. We, we put snow tires on the Y. I put the all seasons, so I did, oh, I did, I did the cross climates, which were really good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, once again, the, the biggest problem I have with electric cars is you lose your range, and you get, you know, like... And they're I, heavy. Like, so here's the deal, okay? With an electric car uh let's say you're driving it into that snowstorm we were discussing uh-huh. right and uh you know you run out of juice it's not like there's a charger around every corner right there are chargers i mean there's electricity but it's going to take you like three days to charge it up okay now I, I i have a huge caveat with that uh there's a lot of misinformation going around about taking electric cars on the highway during snowstorms when it's super cold that they're going to die and leave you in the car and you're going to turn into an ice cube and that's Bullpucky, part of that. No, I'm not saying it's. I'm no, not no, saying no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that there, there's certain people out there, certain journalists oh, yeah, who, yeah. Are, who are talking about that. It's actually very untrue. It you don't have to idle an engine in order to keep the cockpit warm. You're actually running a heater that is very efficient inside yeah. the vehicle if you're in stop and go traffic. So that I wouldn't worry about. It's the long distance thing. So if you have a 200 mile range, let's say, and you want to go 150 miles and it's snowing outside. Probably not a good idea without stopping midway to charge up. That's just something to keep in mind. No, my only my only thing is there are more gas stations, so if you need yeah. to, you know, it's easier to gas the car up than to charge a car up. Currently, even though this, it is. Even though you could pull up to somebody's house and plug it in, but it would take so long. No, no, but but, but what we're going to be proving, actually going D to D, that we just told you about, is hopefully that there are a lot of chargers out there and that it's going, it's getting better, not worse. So, and and hopefully the infrastructure will be able to handle it. So that's I, a whole different so, discussion. So I was going to do this video and I gave up on it, but apparently somebody sent us an email saying, "Remember we did this uh, video where Andre took the Hummer EV and did a towing test and then plugged it in at home. Yeah, and it would take like five days to charge up, and then Fox News Jesse Waters uh, got got and used it to poke fun at Biden. Yeah, well, somebody sent us uh, and there's a website that tracks cars that people own. Apparently Jesse bought a Model X. <laughs> <laughs> Of course he did. Yeah. So, Jesse, just so you know, if the thing's out of juice and you have to plug it in at home to 120, it's going to take you like five days. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, Model X has had really big batteries, too. So, And, and their charge rate isn't the best. And then he, he also said, well, you could get uh, a level three, right, which is DC fast charger if you really want to charge it quickly. And I'm like, um, 
Yeah, probably not because that's three phase power, and three phase power is not available for residential. Yeah, use. you you would have to own a very a, a business and then have but, that planet in the earth, and it it takes a lot of work. So, so there was a little bit of misinformation. I'm just trying to kind of get get. I'm kind of poking fun. Okay, okay. Well, I, all right. So, so I go for the X. You go for the Y. Now, this next car, we just have it at the office. We've um, you and I both agree. Yeah, I, now, I, I, but there's a funny thing about it. Before we get into it, and we're talking about, of course, the Toyota 4Runner, is that you had a bad experience in an old. Forerunner on the snow and ice, and I had a bad experience. Well, in they're all the, old. It's 2010. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know they're really into, but the A track system, the uh, the uh, the all wheel drive system, four wheel drive system, because it's kind of a mix of the two. It's a very intelligent four wheel drive system. Is fantastic. So we've got the 40th anniversary. We've got a video coming out where we compare it to the Bronco. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, the one that's up on the screen here, if you're wondering, is a TRD Pro. Yeah. And the reason we picked this one, Nathan, not because it's orange, is because the TRD Pro has a rear locker. Yes. The one that we have does not. It's got the A-Track system. But I'd rather have the four, you know, the locker. I, a rear locker would be – it's something that's really important for a lot of people who live in snow country and, for and a good I, reason. Oh, I need to apologize. So I just did a video uh, – nobody's going to – who watched the video is going to listen to this. But I'll do it anyway. I did a video where this guy uh, took uh, an XJ – a Cherokee into our uh, off-road course, our mm-hmm. our uh, Onyx off-road course at the ranch, and he was going to put on um, a, a Harbor Freight. I think it's a Badlands winch, and I said they weren't any good, and I have no experience saying that. I just said it because they're cheap, and I was wrong. Uh, a lot of people said the Badland winches are really good from mm-hmm. from Harbor Freight. So uh, sorry, Harbor Freight. Sorry, all of you guys. Well, I thought the way we can get actually find out if they're any good is actually buy one and test it. That'd but, be great. But we haven't talked about winches here. It'd be nice to have a winch. Yeah, but some of the on, um, of most of these vehicles really so, wouldn't. So you could do one. one here. You could do one on this one. And you could do one on the Bronco. You could, in theory, do one on on a Suburban as well, and some of those other vehicles. Right, but it would be nice if you got stuck you know, to be able to pull yourself out. And I was about to say we could do it on the Land Rover Defender, but that's only if you want to lose the vehicle, and never get it back again. That's a, a seven thousand dollar option. It's really right. They have to take the whole front end apart. It's yeah, it's, that's it's a the real exact pain. opposite of a Harbor Freight. <laughs> yeah. um, so the next one on the list is the Volkswagen Atlas, and really the Atlas has the best ground clearance out of all the Volkswagens that are sold in the United States. I've driven them in the snow. Uh, both the Turbo and the V6. I mean, we've had a ton of them. They keep giving them to us. They're perfectly good vehicles for the snow. I, it wouldn't be my first choice, but there's nothing wrong with them. And it uses kind of a, a it's not the same system as Audi, but it uses a pretty good uh, four-motion all-wheel drive system that I think works great. Uh, Volvo, you put the XC60. I'd probably pick the 90, but it's neither here or there. Yeah, yeah. And the 60, uh, we just had the plug-in hybrid version yeah. of it, which is stupid powerful. It's like 400 horsepower. And... There's no snow that could hold it back. That thing is just a tiger. So that's essentially our list right there. We and don't have Rivian on here, but once again, electric. Well, that's, yeah, we haven't driven the R1S in yeah. the snow yet, or at all, really. No, we haven't driven the R1T so, uh, in the snow either. No, I don't think we have unless Andre has. Oh, no, we have. We, we took the R1T in the snow, and we found we, that it, it was – actually, it wasn't, it wasn't grand because mm-hmm. – uh, it's got four motors, and the problem was the system was really kind of confused as to, and I think we have the same issue with the Hummer with Hummer EV with three motors, right? Mm-hmm. So you would think four motors would be identical to having like a traditional, let's call it, Bronco Raptor, where you hit the locker in the front, you hit the locker in the middle, and you hit the locker in the back, or a G-Wagon. And everything rotates at the same and speed. You've got, and you've got you know equal amounts of power going. But with the electric motor, there's always this thing where it's like trying to figure out where the traction is. In other words, where 
the wheel has traction. When you're in the snow and there's no traction on any of the wheels, it really struggles. So instead of like saying, okay, this is no traction on all four wheels, so I'm going to send equal power to all four wheels, it's still trying to figure out where to send the power, and mm. it doesn't work as well as just locking everything up and just all four wheels have as much you know, power going to them. Like 25% goes basically okay. to everyone. So I, I, I would agree with you I, I, from what you're saying, but I'm not going to throw the Hummer under the I'm bus I'm not saying yet. it's bad. No, We no, don't no. know the Hummer yet because the Hummer has a different type of physical. Right, it's got a three-motor setup. And it's got it, it's, and it has an actual axle too. Yeah, the Hummer's weird. So the Hummer has an electronic locker in the rear, but a rear locker in the front, unlike the Mach-E. No, unlike yeah, the, the, unlike so the Lightning. The rear locker in the front. I'm, the Lightning is backwards, so the Lightning has a Torsen uh, front end and a rear locker, mechanic locker in the back. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Hummer, I believe, has a. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But I believe it has an electronic locker with the two motors in the back, and in the front they gave it a traditional mechanical locker. Okay. Which when we took it off road didn't work. Yeah, but let's see how it does in the snow before we, you know. Right. You right. Know, and I, I'm not look. These, all these things are incredible off road. They're just incredible. But now we're really splitting hairs. Yeah, we are. So uh, um, like those two vehicles that we talked about. You know, would go anywhere. Would go anywhere that all these vehicles on the list wouldn't even dare to tread. Oh, by far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, which would you take? I, I still, you still haven't answered my question. Oh, uh, the Land Rover Defender. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, I know, guys. You're gonna yell at me. You know, you're always the value guy, and you like the inexpensive cars. It's because I'm poor. Now, but now, keep in mind, you got to get with the Defender. You got to get the off-road package. To get the, to get it's actually not a, they call it something else. Yes, it's it's there's a different name for it, but you to don't have to locker. get. But you don't have to get the top model for no, that. No, you can buy, you can buy it separately. Right, and you don't need the super long one, the 130 no, or anything else no. like that. So I would get the 110. I would get it with the off-road package. So I would also have a better choice on some tires, but I wouldn't get a whole bunch of options because I wouldn't, couldn't afford it. But I just I'm in love with the way that thing drives. It's so good, and I know, I know, I know. The minute I take it in for maintenance, it's going to be really expensive, which is why I would do an extended warranty and then sell it right after the warranty expires. And let's let's. I think this is worth repeating. No matter you know number of lockers you have, no matter whether you have um, uh, torque vectoring by brake or torque vectoring by power or right. whatever whatever fancy electronics you have in your car, all that. And no matter you know what kind of four wheel drive, the most important thing are snow tires. Snow tires, guys, absolutely. <laughs> and there's a variety of really good snow tires out there. We've tested a few. And if you live in snow country, especially if you're not familiar with driving on snow, I highly recommend getting two sets of tires, whatever your car came with, and then get a set of snow tires. It's a worthy investment. And a lot of people think it has to do with the tread pattern. It has to do with the compound. Well, the compound of the rubber, you want it to, to adhere to the you know, and be grippy, and you don't want it to be a hockey puck and super hard. Which is, I think, I think the number is 44 degrees. At that point, snow tires come into their above it. They start to melt below it. Then they actually, you know, they, they, they grip the snow in a way that no all season can. Right. And the good thing about snow tires is that the modern ones that they build today, they're fairly efficient by comparison. They stop better than they used to. Really, going and stopping is the most important thing. You put steering. your finger on it, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not starting. It's actually like stopping. stopping and steering. Yeah, yeah. Those you really need to do that in the snow. So anyway, our point is, of course, the snow tires. But we want to know what vehicles uh, you would recommend, and please write them down below. Drop your comments down there. Uh, we'd love to keep talking about this, but Roman has to catch a plane right now. Yep. See you guys next time. Uh, as always, check out alltfl.com, and you can be you know up to date on everything. 
TFL, and I'm going to go uh, hit the airport. And remember, D to T is coming up. Yeah, that's going to be quite the uh, stinky road trip, Nathan. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, it. So, a couple ground rules. No beans, please. I will not eat beans. I won't eat beans either. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and no taking your shoes off. No taking your shoes off. You know, this, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I, 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 when they do it on planes, I want to murder them. And people. I snore. Do you snore? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's oh, yeah, gonna yeah, be a yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah. Be We're gonna, our, our cameraman's going to murder yes. us. Yes. All right. See you guys next time. See Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.